I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Hello, 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 and good morning. <laughs> or good afternoon. Sound like a radio show now. Or good night. Hello, 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 good morning. Welcome back to the Katie's. <laughs> We're sorry. It's okay. But anyways. Um, no, but seriously, welcome back. We are so happy to be speaking to you once again. Mm-hmm. Um, we hope that you are coming into this episode excited and expectant because we did just share all of our goals for 2023 in our last episode. And we are just diving right into the We're whole... getting straight to it. Yeah, into the whole being scripturally literate uh-huh. thing. Um, and so we thought, you know what, why not just attack a little piece of scripture that's tiny and oft forgotten yes. and super challenging, which is the book of Jude. Good old Jude. Good old Jude. Love that guy. Love that guy. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to jump in and attack that. But before we do that, Katie Hill, how are you? <laughs> you know, I'm good. I am so tired. So pregnant tired. You know, it's just how it is just how it is yeah my my ladies who have had babies out there they know it's just a whole different kind of tired but i'm very grateful to not be sick this pregnancy so yeah that's exciting praise god for real for real for real praise god i remember how sick you were with the last pregnancy and that was wild we would be like in meetings and i just feel like i just dive out of the door like our our pastor's office is right by the bathroom and i would just like like literally dive across the The hallway The worst time. So we were all in a meeting. Katie bolts out, comes back, and was like, they had just bleached the toilet. So I was like inhaling like bleach fumes and like ammonia and like actively. Yeah, I'm not going to go into it. But yeah, it was awful. (laughs) There were so many worse stories than that. It was nonstop. And it was like the whole time. It didn't really go away until the third trimester for me with with Owen. So this time I'm feeling pretty good other than I just want to sleep all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, things are good. How about you? That's good. Things are good. Nothing crazy. <laughs> we <laughs> we live such exciting lives. Yeah. It's also funny. We did we just recorded the last episode right before this. And so and we went all in depth talking uh-huh. about how we are. And so it's funny well, to try. Usually and- you can probably track like when we've recorded what episode based on how like goofy we are. Because yes. the first one always like loosens us up. And then the yes. second one we're like, I've lost our minds. Yeah. So. No, but life is good. Nothing to complain about. I mean, mm-hmm. I could complain if I wanted to, but I'm not going to. So. And I'm proud of you for that. That's wisdom and that's <laughs> maturity. So I'll complain later, I'm sure. So don't think too highly of me. <laughs> Anyways. Jude. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Katie, who's Jude? Jude is the fabled half-brother of Jesus. Yeah. He's the brother of James, who's the half-brother of Jesus. Yes. So the idea is that. That probably means he's the half-brother of Jesus, right? So, um, yes, Jude is somehow related to Jesus, and he wrote an extensive Mm one-chapter-long book of the Bible. And how I stumbled upon Jude was a few years back when I decided I want to read a whole book of the Bible without the commitment of reading a whole book of the Bible. And so I tackled Jude. It's a good one. Um, But there is some stuff in here that has been absolutely foundational to my faith, and that is absolutely serious. So I'm excited to kind of get into this, break it down with you guys. Uh, This is going to be just very like discussion based, but we are going to actually read through the whole 
the whole book. Yeah. Um, in this 25 verses. Yes. So you can do it. You're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm talking to Katie. She's looking really scared. Yeah. I, <laughs> I can't kidding. read. So <laughs> she, she's illiterate. <laughs> new rumor, new rumor. Um, anyways, but we're going to jump in and read along with us. This would be a great episode to bust out your Bible or let our soothing radio voices. Yes. <laughs> Audiobook Just style. Wash the word over you. Yes. Um, <laughs> the yes. grossest. <laughs> Should we restart this up? <laughs> oh, thank you for sticking around mm. and listening. We're actually going to jump into the contents of this episode now. Yeah, go ahead, girl. We're going to give some context here for the book of Jude. Um, it was written by Jude, half brother of Jesus, <laughs> approximately mm -hmm. AD 65. Um, so just for more context of what's going on in the world at this point, uh, the Jews were under oppressive Roman rule in Judea at this point, and the Jews are beginning kind of small revolts against the Romans. So it's kind of a tumultuous time, mm -hmm. not kind of, it's the definition of Definitely a tumultuous time. tumultuous time. So it's kind of crazy. I, I'm picturing just kind of a lot of chaos going on with the reader's who the people that would be the readers of this letter. Mm -hmm. um, and what is really interesting about the book of Jude is it's kind of written to Jewish Christians and all believers everywhere. It's yeah. not like uh, this is for this specific church or this is for this specific people. Right. It's kind of for this is for everybody. Right. Um, and so it's cool to go into a book knowing that this was meant just for the the gamut <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what i mean of believers and to be able to read it knowing um it is just so applicable for our lives mm -hmm. um all everything in the bible obviously is applicable for our lives but there's something special about a, a letter that was just written to all these believers mm -hmm. um so that's really really cool yeah and kind of an overarching theme we're gonna see we're gonna talk about a lot today is um this book is kind of a juxtaposition between kind of people who are wanting to harm the faith and false teachers and prophets and like all of these people who are kind of marring the reputation of mm -hmm. Christianity and of God and of Jesus. And then the, and then of the character of like the saints mm -hmm. of the people who are following the Lord and who have committed their lives to Jesus. And what does that look like? And so um, this is a really cool look into kind of how we are supposed to approach sin mm -hmm. and how we are supposed to approach people who do not love the Lord and are living active lifestyles that um, contradict him. And so this is just... Um, while, while proclaiming his name. Yes. So this is people saying, we'll get to it, but this is people saying that the grace of God has enabled us to live immoral lives. Yes. Yeah. And so it's um it just deals really well with these things. So we're going to jump right in. Um so Jude verse 1. Mm -hmm. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are the called, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you, appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints. So I want to pause. This is showing exactly what we kind of talked about. It's for all these people who believe in God or believe in Jesus, 
who have accepted him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's talking about feeling the necessity to write about contending earnestly for the faith. Um, and so, you know, right off the bat, he's saying, I'm writing this because, dude, we need to fight for truth. <laughs> like, right. That's kind of the... When he's saying, I, I actually was like intending to write a much happier letter yeah. about our common salvation. Like it was, it was going to be something much more encouraging. And now I'm like appealing to you mm-hmm. to like fight this fight. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And now verse four, for certain persons have crept in unnoticed. Those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to find licentiousness here because that's important. It's a wanton disregard or uh, transgression of moral norms. That's kind Mm -hmm. of like, you know, dictionary definition, but it's just fully disregarding morality, basically. My commentary on this verse specifically says that this this is referring to abusing God's marvelous grace by saying that it allows us to live immoral lives. Mm, That's such a great... Mm -hmm. That is a really great commentary. Um, So kind of introducing the idea of these people who have crept in to the faith and are going unnoticed. Verse 5 says, Now I desire to remind you, though you know all things once for all, that the Lord, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. And angels who did not keep their own domain but abandoned their proper abode, he has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they, in the same way as these indulged in gross immorality and went after strange flesh, are exhibited as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. Really fast here. Um, this is referring to, verse 6 is kind of referring to the fall mm-hmm. of the fall of Satan and the angels that fell with him. And when it's talking here about Sodom and Gomorrah, he's what Jude does a lot of in this book is refer to Old Testament yeah. passages, like things that would be common knowledge, common parts of culture for yeah. the Hebrews. But then also he does refer later to some apocryphal literature, which is important for us to talk about. And we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. But there, there are things that would be considered um, like cultural writings and like complementary to scripture for the Jews, but are not what we consider like inspired word of God in the canon today. So, yeah. um, and when this is talking about like what going after strange flex, strange flesh, this whole like verse seven is actually kind of talking about sexual immorality. Yeah. Yeah. And everything happening in Sodom and Gomorrah at the time. Mm-hmm. I want to, uh, just know if we look at verses five, six, and seven, we have three incidences where Jude is p- kind of painting the picture of how God deals with immorality. Mm-hmm. So first we have the yeah. people coming out of the land of Egypt and subsequently the Lord destroys those who did not believe. Right. They and never then, got to enter in. Right. There's <laughs> yeah. there's consequences. And then in verse 6 we see like you're saying Satan's fall from heaven and um the angels that went with him and and then it says he's kept them in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So we see him dealing with them there. And then in verse 7 we're talking about Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them. 
um, and then their destruction and punishment of eternal fire. And so he's setting this example of look at these great examples of immorality, of these great examples of a disregard for the power of God and look at how God deals with them. Yeah. And so he's painting this picture, like you said, with examples that they would have been very familiar with mm-hmm. um, and just saying this is God is incredibly firm and consistent yes. in his dealings with unrepentant immorality and wickedness. Yes, absolutely. There's consistency here. We know what to expect from mm-hmm. God in this area. So, and then this, this, this next couple of verses here is where we get into the apocryphal And this literature. is where it gets confusing and we, yeah. we can't dive too much into it, but I'll read it. I it's wish we could. <laughs> yes. Um, verse says, yet in the same way, these men also by dreaming defile the flesh and reject authority and revile angelic majesties. But Michael, the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him a railing judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. So this here is talking about something from an apocryphal book called The Assumptions of Moses. So yes. um, it's okay that it's confusing. It's not something we would relate to or understand. Yeah. Um, also, a note that I had from verse 8 in my commentary is this is like kind of a lot of words. It's sort of confusing. Mm-hmm. But what he might be referring to here is that the false teachers might have been downplaying the reality of judgment to come or denying like the glorious origin of fallen angels. So mm. um, just to clarify, we don't need to like talk a lot about that, but yeah. just to give you some context. <laughs> yeah, that was, so I went through Jude with some high schoolers a few weeks mm-hmm. back and I was like, honestly, I'm going to read this and we're not going to talk about it because yeah. I'm confused. And Michael you're confused. talking about the body of Moses. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, yeah. we're all it's, confused. <laughs> it's from like what would be commonplace. Yes. Um, literature. Yes, to the Jews. exactly. Um, Okay, so we're going to jump back in. Verse 10. But these men revile the things which they do not understand and the things which they know by instinct, like unreasoning animals. By these things, they are destroyed. Harsh. So good. (laughs) It is so good. It's the you're un you know, your unchecked wills and wants, that is what is going to destroy you. Right. And I'm not saying like so good because it's like, yeah, get them. It's like, this is what we are all drawn to in our flesh to be like unreasoning animals. animals. Like (laughs) the fact that the like obedience to God and his law and his standards are not these like oppressive, horrible things, but that they like, they're honorable and they're, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, they elevate us yeah. above being like unreasoned animals and allow us to walk how God has called us to walk in his image, right? Yeah. Like having, yeah, having honor. Yeah. And then verse 11, woe to them for they have gone the way of Cain and for and for pay have rushed headlong into the era of Balaam and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Bunch of Old Testament examples. Yes. Uh, these are the men who are hidden reefs in your love feasts. When they feast with you without fear, caring for themselves, clouds without water, carried along by winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up their own shame like foam, wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. I love these verses. Poetic language here. I love it. And you guys know how I feel about nature. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I love a good nature analogy. But um it's talking about how they're they're useless. I clouds without water. Like you're 
Yeah. What are you even? Clouds without water, carried along by winds, autumn trees without fruit. You're not producing anything. Doubly dead. Doubly dead, uprooted. You're not even like rooted in anything. Wild waves of the sea, casting up their own, own shame like foam. Mm-hmm. Wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. And that's kind of talking about um, a little bit what he was saying in five, six, and seven, just this, this banishment from the mm-hmm. kingdom of God because they've rejected. Yeah. They've rejected God. And this men who are hidden reefs in your love feast. So mm-hmm. it's talking about like there would be these like fellowship meals celebrating yes. the Lord's Supper in the early church, which is just so beautiful, by the way. Yeah. But hidden reefs, like the idea that there are these like danger, like right, mm-hmm. if a ship runs into a hidden reef that they can't see, it's it destroys the ship. Yeah. Right. But he's saying like they seem innocuous. They seem innocent and they will destroy you. Yeah. Like the influence of this kind of wickedness and false teaching under the guise of godliness in the mm-hmm. church will destroy communities in the church. Yeah. And this is so um, when I was teaching this a few weeks ago, I used the example of we got a lot of surfers at our church. So I was mm-hmm. saying, like, um, how painful is it when you are surfing to crash into these big reefs and you get all cut up mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. And oftentimes you don't even know they're there because yeah. they're under the water and they've snuck, they've snuck in unnoticed. And so that's going back to, you know, the first couple of verses where he's talking about these people who have uh, the ungodly person who turned the grace of God into licentiousness, who have snuck in unnoticed into mm-hmm. the church. And now they are hidden reefs in your love feast. This time that's supposed to be full of fellowship and edifying to the Lord. They're there waiting to rip apart <laughs> and yeah. cut up the people of God uh, because they don't value God. They don't have reverence for him. Right. These next two verses are referencing the book of Enoch, which is another apocryphal yeah. book um, that would have been, again, like common cultural literature at the time. Yeah. Um, verse 14, it was also about these men that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied saying, behold, the Lord came with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to conflict and to convict all of the ungodly of their ungodly deeds, which they have done in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers finding fault, following after their own lusts. They speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. Yeah. All right. So who are these people? How do we know mm-hmm. what this looks like? What it looks like when someone is preaching the gospel of Christ, but saying that it is acceptable to live a life of immorality. They are grumblers. Mm-hmm. So complainers, finding fault. So critical, picking things apart, not in a productive way, mm-hmm. following after their own lusts. So slaves to their own flesh. Yeah. They speak arrogantly flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) It's plain, you know, and that is, I love how he has structured this letter. It is so just profitable, but how often do we see, especially in like mainstream Christianity, I'm thinking like celebrity Christianity. Yeah. Like, look at these things. Are, we see these things marking the lives of so right. many people. Right. And um, and we pass it off as, oh, well, you know, that's just them. 
that's their personality. That's what it is. But they're a hidden reef in your love feast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this mm-hmm. is serious. Mm-hmm. These that's why we as Christians, and this is what the second part of this letter is going to touch on, but this is why we have to be so vigilant mm-hmm. and so careful. And just approach these things with such great caution and a right. sober mind. Right. And the common thing is the, you know, only God can judge me, right? Like yeah. Christians are so judgmental and they're, you know, being, you know, look, we've talked about this a million times before. Yeah. Being critical of people who are in like positions of leadership or like Christian celebrity culture or churches that are teaching things that we don't agree with, right? Yeah. That like maybe being the keyboard warrior who's like, how dare you? You're going to hell. Like yeah. that might not be the most productive approach, but what we're getting from this and what we get from so much scripture is the fact that this can't go ignored. It is not harmless. It's not a small thing Yeah. for the fact that it is dangerous to believers, not only yeah. to like to you personally, but it's a matter of like, it is, it's going to prey on the weak, the new, the young, <laughs> the young believers and they're, yeah. they're worth being protected. And I think we actually talk about that in the next section here a little bit, but like rescuing others from the fire, like yes. that these, it's not a small, innocent thing when someone is preaching and proclaiming these things loudly, that it's something that needs to be contradicted. Yeah, absolutely. So this is moving into verse 17, this is what's required of us. Mm-hmm. So verse 17 says, but you beloved ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you in the last time, there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts." This next verse here, here's more of a way to find these people. (laughs) Yes. These are the ones who cause division, are worldly minded, devoid of the spirit. But you beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to the eternal life. And I want to pause here because there's so much there. But um, so let's add, let's reflect. What's the list that describes these people? So we have from verse 16, grumblers, people who are finding fault, following their own lusts, speaking arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. Mm-hmm. And then we move into verse 19. verse 19 and it's people who cause divisions. They're worldly minded and they're devoid of the spirit. And so we have quite the list here to go off of um, building up this view and this picture of people who just are not pursuing God who are pursuing their own flesh. And um, I love the last, the very last thing in that whole list is devoid of the spirit. It's sad. <laughs> they, they're they living a life without the Holy Spirit, without that conviction and um, the clarity that he brings. Right. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, then there's this encouragement to the believer, you beloved, building yourselves up, on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Mm-hmm. We have a hope, and that is eternal life in Jesus. Yeah. And and keep yourselves in the love of God. Yeah. Praying in the Holy Spirit, all these things are like the setting your eyes on things above, right? Mm-hmm. The 
keeping your focus where it belongs to be, that we can't be blind to these things that are going on, but yeah. the sure way to, to stay on the right path, to build yourself up in faith is to keep your eyes on Jesus, to keep your eyes yeah. on um, the mercies of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. That that focus will protect you from these other like lusts and grumblings and other things. Yeah. And so to move into verses 22 and 23, these are the verses that have been so foundational for my faith um, and have shaped the way that I view people who are walking in opposition to the Lord. Um, but it starts off with, and have mercy on some who are doubting. And then verse 23 says, save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. And this is, um, maybe this sounds harsh. The, you know, I'm, I'm going to hate even the garment polluted by your flesh. Mm -hmm. But this is how seriously um, the Lord takes this walking out these sins. It is so serious that when you are there to snatch people out of the fire because that is mercy and that's goodness and God has put us in each other's lives to call each other up and out of these things, but hating that garment polluted by the flesh mm -hmm. and knowing that this is something to be avoided with fear that we not step into what these people have made a habit out of walking in. And so I think that this has been, especially um, for years, has shaped my view. And this was so foundational for me because it's talking about having mercy on some who are doubting and saving people out of the fire. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's talking about having mercy with fear, hating the garment polluted by sin. Mm -hmm. um, and that is that was so foundational for that specific topic for me because it's um, it doesn't mean you don't have mercy yeah. and it doesn't mean you don't have love for those people and it doesn't mean you don't try and pursue them with truth. It just means you recognize the the wickedness in all of it and mm -hmm. the the damage that it causes. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my thoughts on twenty two and twenty three. <laughs> yeah. So something I think is really helpful about these couple verses is that it lays out a really practical response to the three different groups of people mm -hmm. that are involved in this problem, right? So he's speaking to the like the more steadfast believers here. So he's not, you know, they're not included in this list. He's saying, here's how you do. Mm -hmm. You are the ones who respond to this, right? Yeah. He's saying, have mercy on some who are doubting, right? So those whose faith is like wavering because of these things being taught, have mercy, Mm -hmm. Be available, pray for them, be, you know, be gracious in telling them the truth. Then the idea of rescuing others, like saving them, snatching them out of the fire. Um, there were weak believers, new believers that were really susceptible to these things yeah. and um, were in like imminent danger. Right. And so that requires more of like a firm hand, more of a like immediate response kind of a thing. Yeah. And showing mercy is this third group of the actual like false believers and false teachers mm -hmm. themselves. Um, and that mercy in my commentary, like that mercy can even just mean like praying for them, right. Yeah. That like praying for their salvation, praying for their good. Um, but like having absolute 
<laughs> seriousness and firmness with, with, with which you approach the things yeah. that they are teaching. So it's not saying like we, we turn our backs. We do not approach people who don't believe like we do. It's saying, obviously we have mercy and we pray and we do what we can to invite the Lord to work in their situation. And also the things that they are teaching and the way that they're mm-hmm. deceived, we cannot allow in the church. Yeah. So absolutely. I think it's a good, it's a great little response. It applies to so many things that yeah. we see in our world today and in the church today. And it's not popular and it's not comfortable, but it is dang good. Yeah. It is so good. This last part here, I love, and it's a, actually, it's a, in studying this a little bit, like this is a super common doxology that's mm-hmm. like uh, used in a lot of liturgy in different denominations. Um, but you'll understand why when we read it, it's a beautiful, it beautiful, so beautiful doxology, just an encouragement and a prayer of praise and, you know, thanks. So, yeah. Okay. So verse 24, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy to the only God, our savior through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Amen. Amen, Jude. Amen. And that wraps it up. It's the idea, like we were talking about earlier, that keeping your eyes on these things, like this is what mm-hmm. to fix your eyes upon right yes. here, that all of this is going to be part of life and life in the church. It's going to be we're going to wrestle with things. We're going to struggle with things. There's going to be false teaching. There's mm. going to be conflict and all of these things. But, but like to him, to him who has dominion and authority and majesty and glory before all time and now yeah. and forever, like he is the author and the perfecter of our faith and the yeah. one who we fix our eyes upon. Yeah. I love um, the he's able to make you stand mm-hmm. in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. Yeah. And that is... I feel like such a good summary of this book. Like we're talking about the tough yeah, and the nitty gritty and the uncomfortable. And then he's saying, but God, he's the one who keeps you from stumbling. Yes. He's the one who gives you the ability to stand in his presence through Mm -hmm. Jesus. Like the whole point. So we have all just read Jude together. Yeah. You read a whole book of the Bible today, guys. (laughs) Yes. Well done. We accomplished something big. Um, but we want to know what you thought of this format and how you're liking it. And if there's any other books of the Bible you want us to just dive into and do some in-depth studies. Um, mm-hmm. We have ideas, but we want to know what you guys want. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, we are praying that your week is great mm-hmm. and that you dig into the word on your own and um, that this that you just take this season of life to really... Um, press into your relationship with the Lord as as we are mm-hmm. and um, as the Lord has intended it. Yeah. When we're also, and this is something that I'm asking for for myself and mm-hmm. for Katie and for all of you is just that as you take this time to think about and to reflect on and to read more of the word of God, that he would just stir up a love in you for yeah. it, that he would give you passion and love and excitement for his word, that this would be a time of your life that like shifts this for you completely. Yeah. If this has been something that you've struggled with in your life. So absolutely. All that said, amen. Be blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. We love you guys. Have a great week. Bye. Talk to you soon. 